you didn't know you needed. Uh, just Mike here today, and I have a fascinating episode for you, a terse one, what our friends at the Helping Friendly Podcast would call a quick hit, but one I'm thrilled about, where we dive into Chasing the Moon, a PBS film by Robert Stone, who uh, we are lucky enough to have on the program here today, I'm pumped about this. Uh, Chasing the Moon reimagines the race to the moon for a new generation, upending much of the conventional mythology surrounding the effort. The docuseries, which is brought to you in three two-hour parts, is brimming with previously overlooked and lost archival material. The footage is just jaw-dropping. The focus goes well beyond the typical baby boomer nostalgia and nationalism that generally comprises the narrative of the space race with the Soviet Union and the Apollo 11 landing. Instead, it delves into the scientific innovation, the political calculation, the media spectacle, and the personal drama of, uh, of all those involved, putting the entire engrossing time period in perfect context. I was deeply affected by Robert's film and found it entirely eye-opening. Due to when I was born, I wasn't privy to this exciting period of time in America and across the globe, and I truly never understood how dramatic and consuming the entire thing must have been. Until now. If you're my age, just starting my 40s, or younger, Chasing the Moon allows us to understand the intensity, scope, and the importance of the space race, and better yet, the science and spectacle the entire thing was built upon. Ultimately, Chasing the Moon is profoundly inspiring, as it shows plainly what humankind is capable of when we work together towards an important goal. Honestly, it gave me hope. As the world faces the challenge that is climate change, I always wonder if we can confront that challenge, and unbelievably, Chasing the Moon made me believe that we possibly can. So before we go any further, just a reminder that Welcome to the Party Pal is part of the Osiris Podcast Network. Osiris is a global community connecting passionate fans with podcasts and experiences about artists and topics they love. Go to OsirisPod.com to see all the podcasts, events, and other varying content they have to offer. That's uh, OsirisPod.com. So I feel really privileged to get the opportunity to share this interview with Robert as not only is he a tremendous filmmaker, 
whose work is more often than not socially conscious and important. But Chasing the Moon was truly a passion project of his, and, and it undoubtedly will persist as a pivotal, pivotal recounting of a monumental period of time where humans turned to the sky and dramatically did the impossible. Um, due to some podcaster error, the first few minutes of Robert and my discussion are cut off where he was talking about watching the moon landing as a child, and he can simultaneously see the moon outside his window, and it really struck him. It hit him hard, and around that same time, he saw Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, and the combination of the two, the Apollo 11 landing and 2001, was what led uh, him to want to become a filmmaker in the first place, which is just awesome. And that's, that's where we step foot into this interview with Robert Stone as he rehashes the moon landing and 2001 and how that led him to where he is today. The idea that a film could be about cosmic things like, you know, the future of humanity and why are we here, it was beyond, like, just simple entertainment that I was used to. And uh, I became obsessed with Stanley Kubrick, and my mom was kind of a film freak, and she mm -hmm. told me all about him and told me about these other movies he made. And I, anyway, I, I, within about a year, I started, I appropriated the family Super 8 camera and started <laughs> making movies with my friends. And, and uh, interestingly enough, with this, 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 um, Super 8 camera kit that, that my mother had been given for Christmas uh, came with a little five-minute NASA film in Super 8 about Apollo 8. Whoa. And and the first, so the, and I, there was a little editor thing, was the splicer and a little rewind thing, and the first thing I ever cut in the first film was re-editing this NASA film when I was 10 years old. Wow, that's crazy. So, this, I mean, yeah, that, that, I know. So it's pretty, the whole thing's pretty deep-rooted in me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's a personal project. In the way. Wow, yes, that's, very that's, much That's so. completely full circle. That's wild. Um, so I'm curious a little bit about the aim of the film when you started making it. Um, you know, I saw that, uh, the you know, kind of the idea was to turn on its head the conventional stories about the moon landing, and I was wondering how so. Well, I felt you know having experienced this as a kid mm -hmm. and having this be such a big part of my childhood um i felt like m most of the movies that i'd seen about this you know there's a lot of bad ones there's some very good ones yeah uh but they were all really focused on the astronaut narrative um and the astronaut perspective of going into space and going to the moon and you know that's kind of interesting but um i thought the i, I really felt that the main event was here on earth it was the fact that we all watched this thing live on worldwide TV. It was the first sort of worldwide broadcast. Yeah. The, the, final, the final link for the global satellite um, network that we all live with today was put into place about two weeks before the Apollo 11 moon mm -hmm. landing. So it was really kind of a transformative, sort of almost sort of quasi-religious global event. Yeah. And I thought that was the main thing. And also just to, to look at, why we went to the moon what was this really all about mm -hmm. and, and not to look at it like you might you know make a film about climbing mount everest or something it's just a purely just a a, 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 a moment of exploration and a kind of silo uh i think the whole context in which it took place is fascinating and really explains why we did it yeah. so that that was the that was the impetus for doing it yeah chase i mean it definitely it, it puts into context the entire um the entire thing which is in remarkable depth which is amazing and it's clear you were telling the story not just of the mission and what was happening globally you know the phenomenon but also telling the story of how the apollo mission story was told um kind of this behind the scenes look at the media 
Uh, I thought that was fascinating. That that had to be something that was important to tell for you. I mean, a million dollars spent in production in the moon landing alone and all those uh, facets. Well, that is the story. Yeah. Like it was, I mean, it was conceived by Kennedy as a, as a, as a vehicle for projecting America's power and prestige and yep. saying, and, and the Russians were doing the same thing, you know, saying, Hey, you know, we're our country and our system of government and everything is, is uh, leading the world into this grand future. And, and obviously the going into space and sending people to the moon was symbolic of being on the cutting edge of technology and, mm-hmm. and human destiny. So it was all, so the, the whole media aspect, how this whole project was sold to the American public and sold to the world was the story. Yeah. It was, this was a war of visual Im- imagery, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, so no, that's, that's that, why I dealt, spent so much time dealing with that. Yeah. That was fascinating. It really, it's something I never thought about, honestly, when I think about the whole, um, you know, the time period and, and the Apollo mission. Um, uh, I need to talk about the level of research here. And I know you worked with researcher, uh, is it Alan Andres? Yes. Um, so you guys must have uh, put in some work to bring this to life. There's a lot of research, a lot of, um, you know, this is really in-depth, the project. Well, we spent two years researching this wow. before we ever even started to cut anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a massive um, effort just to uh, just to you know find things that, that people hadn't seen before go into places that archives that people hadn't looked at yeah. before we I think we sourced over a hundred different archives wow. for the series so I mean we used a lot of NASA wow. footage and even yeah. the NASA footage we found stuff nobody had ever seen before but we went way beyond that the most interesting things are the things that are are not in the NASA collection and um, that had been kind of overlooked. I think because there's this amazing NASA collection and it's free and it's beautiful, like that's been the well that most filmmakers have just gone to again and again. Yeah. But it's by doing that, you you kind of miss the context and Mm -hmm. this other sort of cultural and social political thing that's going on swirling around this, this amazing mission into space. Yeah. The bounty of footage was unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's great. So you most, a lot of that was from NASA. It will, well, a lot, yeah, a lot of it's from NASA, yeah. but uh, there's a lot of it from other places yeah. as well. I well, guess yeah, that, I mean, so, you even, yeah. uh, there's even that point where you're, um, it's just crazy with all the different levels of where the footage you're getting. There's that point yeah. where uh, JFK and John Glenn are water skiing together. That was that right. my mind a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. like a that's a JFK home movie. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. So I felt like the docu series kind of pulsed with this message of unity of what humankind is capable of when they work together for a singular purpose, which I found kind of inspiring in this day and age. But I was wondering if um, if that was one of the takeaways you hoped for uh, for the docu series, or or if there were any takeaways you hoped we all walk from uh, after watching. Oh, you know, absolutely. I think that. I think that is the takeaway, mm-hmm. and but I wanted—I I guess I wanted to pull this whole story out of the kind of haze of nostalgia, mm-hmm. of baby boomer nostalgia, because there is kind of an element to this story in the way that it's been told over the years. Of you know, you know, we were great once and we're not great anymore, yeah. and you know, we could do this thing a long time ago because we were somehow better than we are today mm-hmm. or more unified. Mm-hmm. And that's just so not true. Yeah. Like we were more, we were as polarized and divided in the late sixties, maybe even more so than we are today. Mm-hmm. And yet this, this incredible thing that we all joined together and it was across party lines, um, uh, really inspired us to have hope in the future. 
whether you were even even among people who were against the space program, it symbolized this this sense that we could really accomplish anything and we could pull together and do things. And so it, that's what I really wanted to try to get across to people who, like yourself, who were you know too young to remember this, too young to be there, and are facing a world in which a lot of people have really kind of given up hope in the future. Absolutely, I actually um, like that it was. It, it felt divorced from the uh, intense nationalism that kind of just you know it, it really you know it takes the narrative of this story so often. Right. Yeah. Right. No, you, I, that's good. I'm glad you saw that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a companion book for this, right? I haven't got a hold of this yet. Chasing the Moon, the People, the Politics, and the Promise. What does that have to offer? Well, as we were doing all the research, uh, we realized that we just come across so many new stories. Mm-hmm. And that really was one of the biggest surprises to us is just how much new material there is and that, that's just been overlooked. And, um, and it was way more than we could ever fit into a film, even a six-hour film. Yeah. And so we thought, well, let's do a book but let's not do like a kind of a companion book in the normal sense where it's just kind of a reiteration of the movie. Let's actually write a book where we take the stories that might not have been visual uh, and, and uh, uh, where there might not have been a lot of film um, and emphasize different characters and different storylines um, in, in this book. So it's really like it's a book to read that's a companion. It follows the same story. There's a lot of overlap. It's really it really holds uh, together as its own um thing it's not like a kind of a ken burns companion book sort mm. of thing oh that's fantastic i need to get a hold of that um kind of to close down a little bit i i'm kind of curious um what you feel about the state of the space program now or just kind of you know looking at it you know through this lens of, of after celebrating and the 50th anniversary of apollo 11 uh what do you feel about the state of everything right now well, I think the space program is still incredibly inspiring to young people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it's the, it's amazing to me that NASA is is still considered cool, like as a yeah. and respected as sure. a as an institution, which is a rare thing these days. I mean, kids still walk around with like NASA patches on their pants and uh, yeah. Apollo Eleven patches and stuff. It's yeah. it's so there's still this inspiring uh, uh, narrative that that people cling to and are are, are, are really uh, it's 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 a magical thing mm-hmm. and I really think it's about as I was saying earlier it's about this sense of optimism and hope in the future yeah. um, and believing in the future um, but I, I don't think that our future in space is something that uh, uh, the government should be involved in beyond mm-hmm. I think the robotic missions are fantastic sure. and, that, and those those are incredible but in terms of human be human exploration of space it's great that Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and those guys are, are doing what they're doing and I, I wish them well but I don't I don't think the lesson of Apollo is to like oh let's do this again and go to Mars and think you can kind of recreate the same um uh sense of participation and fascination that we all had then because a lot of that was just about leading the earth for the first time mm-hmm. it's like that um and it was all in this context of the moment i think the lesson is is let's get off our ass and fix climate change <laughs> frankly obviously i was going to bring it there and, and, and yeah there's a you know i did an intro for this already and it's uh that's that's what i'm talking about the idea that if we do we look at at this one thing that we need to fix when we do work together as as humans humankind working together we can get it done and that's that's i took that home from your uh, from chasing the moon 
That's, I mean, it's totally true. I say it sounds trite. You know, if we no. can put a man on the moon, why can't we blah, 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 right? Yep. But it's totally true. When Kennedy said we're going to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade, it was absolutely impossible. Totally. There, nobody knew how to do it. But he set this deadline. The money was appropriated, and they worked diligently over the better part of a decade to sustain political and public support for the whole thing, and they got it done. And I think that's a great lesson, not not for going to Mars, but for doing a whole host of other things here on Earth. Absolutely. Well, because Jimmy Chills, when you said climate change, because I was actually thinking it. I mean, the words are not even mentioned in Chasing the Moon, obviously, but it's something the entire time. Like, wow, if they can, if we can band together for this, we can band together for anything. So, uh, hey, Robert, thank you so much. It's honestly, Chasing the Moon was deeply eye-opening for me. It was moving, and um, I'm thrilled to have a chance to talk to you about it. Great. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.
Osiris. This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.